are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a Thursday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my good friend, Connor Drios. On this edition of the pod, me and Connor are going to sit down and look at what we predicted correctly about the Sun Devils halfway through the 2021 season. We're going to take a look at the things we did not predict correctly, and then we're going to close it out with something that we love to do. We did it earlier in the year, and we're going to do it again right now because we're at that halfway point. We're going to rank our favorite uniforms for the Arizona State Sun Devils. But before we get started with that, remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere and everywhere in between. We're there Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Network. It's the best Sun Devils content that you're ever going to get. Better yet, go ahead and follow the three of us on Twitter. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Follow me at RichieBrads36 and follow Connor at Cedrios. Now, before we get started, I am obligated to ask you, Connor, how the heck are you? It's in your contract. So uh, just like you said, you have to ask me every single time. But I'm good. Uh, again, we are on our bye week. So it's not so much a down week. We are just doing so much prep still now for uh, all of our football content. But next week, we're going to be starting our basketball content, working that in Monday through Friday as well. So just... Doing some more prep for that. Yeah, thank you for plugging that because I was actually literally about to mention that next week because we're talking so much football, we are going to sneak in a little bit of basketball talk in as well as the season is getting ready to go underway very, very soon. But in the meantime, we're here to talk about football and we're here to talk about things that went right. Of course, thank you for making the Locked on Sun Devils podcast your first listen every day. Remember that we're free and available on all platforms. With that being said, Connor. We predicted a lot of things going into this year, both on and off the podcast. A lot of things we were correct about and even more things we were wrong about. Let's start out with what we were correct about. It just it feels right to get the podcast started on a positive note. And I'll let you, pun intended, kick us off. If I were to tell you that ASU had the best defense going or at least going into the season, how how shocked do you have been? Like scale one to ten. Like in the Pac-12? Yeah, 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 Pac-12. So if, of all 12 of these schools, ASU has the best defense so far through seven games. How shocked are you? One. Because, like, one being the lowest? Uh, yeah, one being the least shocked, ten being the most shocked. Then one. So one. Yeah, because this, this defense was absolutely stacked going into the year, especially with veteran leadership. And truth be told, like, NFL talent. I'm not saying first-round picks, but legitimately you have guys who will – find their way onto a roster, even if it's just, like, practice squad kind of thing. Merlin Robinson, Tyler Johnson, Darian Butler, Jack Jones, and Chase uh, uh, Lucas. Chase Lucas, just to name a few of the guys. Merlin Robinson, excuse me, can't slide him. Those are just a few of the names. Over under five and a half guys that make it at least onto a practice squad. Onto a practice squad? Just just this season. How many did I just name? Uh, Probably over five. Okay, so let, let's do this. I, I will say both the corners, I'll say both the linebackers, Tyler Johnson, and this is just the defense, right? Uh, I, no, in, in general. In general? 
Um, you can potentially see a Rashad White and then Jaden Daniels if he commits, but that's well, definitely a Rashad White. Potentially our tight end. Help me out. I can't think. Curtis of his Hodges. Name. Curtis Hodges. Thank you. Yeah, Hodges is a senior, so I think Hodges could also find his way. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many get drafted, but I think we have a slew of guys that end on practice squad. So five and a half. I confidently take the over. Actually. Anyways, back to things that we were right about. I knew ASU's defense was going to be good. I, I would say I was a, a little shocked of how good they've been in the run game, but overall we talked a lot about the veteran leadership on this team, whether it was the secondary defensive line, linebackers, you name it. We've got stud pieces all around that it is not a surprise that ASU is, uh, as far as the Pac-12 goes, they are giving up the least amount of points at 18.9 uh, and the least amount of yards. Uh, just been absolutely dominant this year, and that's absolutely going to continue down the stretch as well. 100%. This defense was everything that we thought it would be. And, I, I mean, you can't be you, – you, you can't complain about much. And I'm going to play on your point. I was right about how good the secondary was going to be. Jack Jones has been the best player in the secondary by far. And that's saying something because you got guys all over the place. DeAndre Pierce has been a very nice surprise. Chase Lucas, when he's on the field, has been what we've known Chase Lucas for. Evan Fields has been solid. And Jordan Clark has actually come on recently. You you just you have so many guys that are contributing in that secondary that I believe would be one of, if not the biggest strength for the team. And it's everything that I hoped it would be. I mean I mean the biggest Achilles heel in this defense has been the mobile quarterback and the tight end, but that doesn't fall on the secondary at all. The secondary is locking up guys. They're making life a living hell. And if anyone's listening to this thinking, like, well, ASU's defense is good going into the season, no way. Well, you can talk about teams on paper all you want, but until they start playing games, until they are playing healthy as well uh, and playing well, there's a lot of factors that actually contribute to it. So ASU being the number one out of these 12 teams, that's not a fluke, right? Uh, we at least knew they would be good. Uh, I, I figured they would also be dominant as well, so that's been uh, definitely nice to see. This one also might seem like a softball question, just kind of, uh, based on the small sample size we saw from him last year. But Rashad White being as dominant as he was uh, both on the ground and through the air, part of that was created by Chip Train and missing time, so they needed to rely on him a little bit more. Uh, but after leading the team in rushing yards and then being fourth uh, in pass, or at least receiving yards as well, uh, and he's also got like 10 touchdowns through, what, seven games so far? Yeah, uh, 10 through seven. Dude's been absolutely dominant. Rashad White was one of my favorite players, if not my favorite player coming into the season. Uh, uh, definitely going to miss watching him after he leaves. Yep. White was absolutely dominant. Again, I'm going to play off what you just said. I knew that the run game was going to be good, and it's been everything I hoped it would be. Trey Annum, when he's on the field, is exactly who we thought he was. And and Rashad White has been everything that we knew he could be. And Daniel Nagata has definitely been a beautiful silver lining kind of guy who that silver lining is not the right word but like a diamond in the rough that's what i'm thinking of like no no one knew that daniel nagata was going to have this kind of an impact early on because he was a freshman and he was buried behind a very talented duo like the thunder and lightning that are ahead of him and he comes in and he contributes and if you course, have a if you have a third piece so you have thunder and lightning does does Daniel Nagata also get a name? Is he like a little like rain cloud or something like that? Or we we can go with what the New York Giants did back in the day with with Derek Ward, Brandon Jacobs, and 
Ahmad Bradshaw, where they went uh, Earth, Wind, Fire. There we go. So we could do that. You have Trahanum's Earth. Um, let's do Nagata Rashad White. No, 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 no. Rashad White's definitely fire, and then no, Nagata is switch wind. it. No, White is the wind because he does everything. He's as swift as the wind. Sorry for not knowing enough about nature, dude. You should be. But the the other thing I want to touch on too, Jaden Daniels taking over with his legs. I had a really good feeling coming into this year that he was going to become a dual threat quarterback, and a dual threat quarterback he has become. He was supposed to be coming into the season yet. <clears throat> Hadn't seen it as much. I mean, there's been several games this year now where uh, he's been your leading rusher. It, when you have running backs as good as we do, like that, that's impressive, right? So uh, again, if you're thinking like, well, of course he's a he has been a dual threat quarterback by definition, or at least by a label that we've given him, sure. But we've yet to see it, and this has easily been the best season for Jaden Daniels so far. Hundred percent agree. Was there anything else that kind of stuck out to you? No, let's uh let's move on to the things we were wrong about. <laughs> it's a, a very, 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 very short list. This is very true. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to talk about the things that we were wrong about, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. All right, guys, it's that time of the podcast. We're going to talk about something that may not be the most comfortable topic in the world, but it's incredibly common. If you haven't heard of Sweatblock before, well, you're absolutely just missing out. Uh, for weeks now, we've been talking about Sweatblock as a product, and it's actually something that we use as host of the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. Uh, but these wipes stop sweating for seven days, and it seems like people have been listening. We've actually had some conversations with either friends or family, or people have even reached out to us over social media about it, saying how much this works, and that's great. Uh, so if you haven't tried it yet, you at least need to look into it, whether it's affecting you personally. Uh, or somebody you know, you absolutely have to give this product a look. Stop excessive sweating for up to seven days. It's doctor-created and doctor-recommended. There's a dry shirt guarantee with this product. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back, not just for armpits, but your chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere, and I mean anywhere, that sweats. If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON. Or at Amazon and CBS. And we're back for the second segment of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Once again, thank you guys for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember that we're free and available on all platforms where you get your podcasts. With that in mind, we're going to go ahead and jump into things we were wrong about, things we were surprised about, kind of kind of stuff like that. It, it's not all negative. It is for me, but Connor has some positives, and Connor, why don't you start off with a little bit of positive here before I get all negative Nancy. Do you remember, like, uh, I don't know, two minutes ago on the podcast when I said that, that the list we were wrong about was shorter than the list we were right, right about? Yeah, you, you lied to the people, didn't you? I lied to the listeners, and unfortunately... They're going to tune out now. Well, for those of you who are still sticking with us, let's start off with at least something good that we were wrong about. With the injury to Jermaine Lole, uh, I really did not see ASU being a great sack kind of team, especially because we got off to, a, I feel like, a somewhat slow start, at least from the starters' side. We might have had some other like rotational players coming in and getting a sack here and there, which was great. But ASU actually leads the Pac-12 in sacks with 21 so far through seven games. Uh, Utah is just behind them at 18, but they've only played in six games, so uh, that could change after they've played their seventh game while we're on a bye. Uh, but either way, uh, it, I didn't even think they would be potentially average in this category, man. So the fact that they're even like 
close to leading the conference is just bonkers to me. Yeah, you've had a lot of guys step up, right? Omar Norman Lott has been the most notable. He's got two sacks on the year. You had uh, Trevez Moore looked really good before he got injured, unfortunately. DJ Davidson may not have the sack numbers, but he's been a presence in the backfield. And obviously you've gotten pressure from your linebackers like Darian Butler has gotten home more than a few times. Uh, Anthony Cooper is another dude who has really, really stood out this year. In fact, he is right in front of me. He's the team leader. Yeah, he's he's the leader at three and a half. Yeah, over Tyler Johnson's streak. And obviously Johnson's been great too. But seriously, you've been able to generate pressure and, and not just manufacture it. They are straight up getting pressure with a four-man rush. This defense is legit on all three parts of the field. With the hand in the dirt, middle of the field, and the secondary. This defense is everything that you wanted it to be. It Obviously, there's Achilles heels. Like, like the tight end and the mobile quarterback. That's what's been killing us. But other than that, it's not a coincidence that they're getting the sack numbers, they're getting turnovers, they're limiting the yards. This is seriously one of the best Sun Devils defenses I can remember in a long, long time. So, kind of, kind of, no, it's not really playing on that point, actually. Uh, a, a different facet of the game that I was surprised about and frankly disappointed with, the special teams. We have been very inconsistent, to say the least. When Zendejas is kicking... It's great, but when Logan Tyler. Logan Tyler is kicking... I wouldn't call it kicking. I, I still have that kick from, uh, against Utah playing in my head, and that was straight up a ground ball, man. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's really, really bad. He's the definition of college kicker, right? But when Zendejas is on the field, I feel confident. When it's Tyler on the field, I'm not... Zablisky has been a really good I was going to say, if you asked me what the worst part of the special team was going into the season after losing Michael Turk, I probably would have said it's your punting unit, and Zablisky's been the best part of your yes, special Yes, he's been unit. one of the best punters in the nation. Like, Ray Guy Award, kind of good. But the the return game, that's been the shocker to me. It started off hot, obviously, with, with DJ Taylor's big uh, mistakes against UCLA. That was incredibly disappointing, and they really haven't given him an opportunity since. I, I wouldn't say I blame them, but at the same time... I was I was just about to say, like, it's well-deserved that he's not getting the opportunities. Bunkley Shelton is not the same. He, he's definitely a good player. He's a good receiver, but not quite the same in the return game. So I, I understand, like, you can't afford to take those risks. You were lucky enough to, to play UCLA as well as you did in the second half after giving them a, a free three points, which I think pulled them within one point, I, I think, at halftime. Uh, but either way, uh, you need to at least give the kid a chance at some point. Otherwise, you're just kind of taking that that part of the game and acknowledging, hey, we don't want to be as good as we possibly can, and just kind of admitting it. Well, and to be the best you possibly could would be to put Rashad White back out there. And we know he's electric, but we also know that he is the offense right now, which is why he's not back there. And that, And that's another reason why this unit has taken such a step backwards as you have taken one of the most electric offensive players in the Pac-12 off of special teams, and naturally, it's regressed. It just it, it is what it is. I'm going to touch on one that is <laughs> near and dear to both of us. We talked about him a ton at the beginning of the season. Had a, a lot of high hopes. Granted, he is a, a true freshman, but Andre Johnson. He had a couple catches that at least made him stand out at the beginning of the season. 
and that sure. 35 yarder in the in the very first quarter against Southern Utah. Yeah, and since then he had. We talked uh, earlier this week after Utah, he had potentially two drops on two targets last week. Like when we're hearing his name at this point, it's not it's not the same. It's not the same explosive plays. Uh, Who do you have that like 48 yard catch? Uh, was that the UCLA game? If I remember correctly, I'm not sure. He had that catch where he was down like right at like I don't know the one or two, but um, he just needed that ball thrown slightly more. But that was really at the last before defense. It's been about three weeks or so. I don't think he's had a catch in the last three games. He might not have. So it, it just incredibly disappointing, especially for a team that does not have like a legit go-to guy. Uh, you'd really hope that he would kind of be able to to take that spot, but not a lot of time. I, I do think in. In the long-term view, Andre Johnson could be a very good receiver for ASU, but uh, as far as 2021 goes, definitely a disappointment. Yep, 100%. I was like absolutely drinking the Kool-Aid on Andre Johnson, and this one's not going to be as fair because he's not getting any opportunities, but I thought Chad Johnson Jr. was going to get on the field a lot more often than he has. In fact, I don't know if he's been on the field for more than 10 plays this year. Yeah, I, I remember reading that he was kind of struggling a little bit during training camp. But even even then, like, you still expected to see him a little bit. Um, so that, with, with so many guys graduating going into the season, like, we know he's going to be relied upon a heck of a lot more uh, come 2022. But if you were at least to get on the field, we could say, hey, here's kind of what we're expecting. Here's what he did in 2021, and here's what we're hoping to see him improve upon. But right now, he's just kind of right in the bench. So the thing to improve upon is just straight up getting into the game. Talking about the receivers, I, I have a positive surprise for us. Ricky Pearsall. Pearsall had six catches last year in four games. He has now become the, not the de facto, but he is definitely the go-to receiver in the passing game because he can do so much with the ball in his hands. They get him on sweeps and end arounds. They've let him pass the ball a couple of times, and he scored four, t- four touchdowns in three different ways. Pearsall, a pleasant surprise, because I would have told you it was going to be the Andre Johnson and the Chad Johnson Jr. show. I never in a million years would have said that Ricky Pearsall was going to be the number one receiver at any point in the season. Yes, yeah, so you just straight up don't get targets if your last name is Johnson on this team, at least for 2021. Wow, that that is true, isn't it? That. That kind of hurt my heart a little bit. But anyways, we'll, we'll look forward to that. Richie, anything else that you uh, were wrong about, positive or negative? Mm, I don't think so. I've, I got, mean, I've got one more, and I'll, at least like, I'll, I'll eat all the crow on it. But Jaden Daniels, I didn't think he would be bad. I just didn't think he would be as electric as he has been throughout uh, at least parts of the season. I'm glad, um, I'm glad you turned it a positive spin. We were about to toss hands. Still not quite like the 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 dominant passer I would hope he would be, but we talked about this plenty of times throughout the podcast. They're not asking him to be that guy. He doesn't necessarily have the personnel, per se, to do that. So a lot of moving factors with that that is at least defining who Jaden Daniels is. But uh, dude's been absolutely phenomenal, sort of like a, a two-turnover game against uh, BYU, he's absolutely been protecting the ball like he always has, uh, but has added uh, quite a bit more explosiveness to the rushing game, uh, and at least has evolved, I would say, as a passer. Yeah, and I would tell you that just, again, playing playing off that a little bit, where I was right that he would take that step as a rusher, I was wrong in the step, in the sense, excuse me, that he was going to progress as a passer. Don't get me wrong, he's still very good, 
I was just anticipating that he was going to become great this year. And it's okay, because he's been dominating regardless. So, there you go. That's the things that we were right about and the things we were wrong about. We're going to go ahead and head into our final break. But when we return, we are going to rank our favorite uniforms halfway through the season, like we did a few weeks ago. So much fun, because all the uniforms are great. Like, last place is still amazing. So, you're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils This episode of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer and choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? Why wait when you have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and right in your pocket on your phone? Save time and money when using Rock Auto, too. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could possibly need, from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Hey, I heard they got got blinker fluid, too. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find a solution to all your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write on Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Hey, Cinema fans, we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, postseason baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back. For the final segment of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, it's a Thursday edition. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, as always. With that being said, the final segment, we're going to go over our favorite uniforms once again. We did this earlier in the season, about a quarter way through, and we just we can't wait any longer. It's the bye week. We're getting, we're getting that itch to find things to talk about, and quite frankly, this is a fun thing to talk about because Arizona State's uniforms are fire. They are second to Oregon in the whole country, and you can't convince me otherwise. What a sad brag. I mean, when you talk about the whole country, yes. When you talk about your own, like, conference, like, always claiming second, that feels sad, but if we're just being honest, Oregon's uniforms are phenomenal. Yeah, in the last 10 years, we've had so many amazing ones. Like, just off the top of my head, do you remember the the desert ice ones that we had a few years ago? Uh, were those uh, gray base or no? No, it, it was all white, and the outline of, like, the pitchfork and the numbering was maroon. Oh, uh, okay. And it was yeah. just the outline. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Amazing. And then you had those outstanding blacks with the uh, copper coloring. The copper is the best. Co- they've had multiple uniforms with copper. Yes. Those have always been great. But I- I'm thinking of the ones against Notre Dame, where it, it was the all-black uniforms and the copper lettering with the copper helmets. Every time I picture those, I think of Jalen Strong making a one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. And just stretching out because that ball was going 
about 15 yards out of bounds, and he just snagged it with those big old sticks he calls arms. But there, there are so many great uniforms, but this year's uniforms have been no exception. We're going to power through these real quick because otherwise we could spend a whole podcast talking about this jersey order. So starting at number seven, I'll go ahead and start. It is the standard uniforms that we rocked against Southern Utah. Look, the, the reason they're seventh is just because it's it's a standard uniform. It it's the it's the uh, the maroon with the gold, and it's a great look. It's just nothing overly special. So the, the maroon top, the gold bottoms, gold helmets. It's a great look. It's just there there are better combinations. That that's all. That's all. I disagree. For me, it's ASU versus UCLA. It's just kind of a, a white base. Uh, helmets are fine. The, the color combo is fine. But it's not that like the, the white is bad. It's just it's very plain. Um, not a bad uniform, just definitely not my favorite. Well, and there you go. That's actually my number six was our uniforms against UCLA. I, I love the whites, and it it's just it's a clean look in general. It's just it doesn't blow me away. But I, I do enjoy the whites like that especially with the maroon coloring I'm, I'm definitely digging it so my number five is utah the game we just played the maroon monsoon with maroon pants maroon helmet and the white tops with the maroon lettering great look love it i just prefer maroon monsoon at home when it's all maroon the tops the bottoms the helmet everything oh that's a clean look. I'm just disappointed it was away instead of a home game. So six for me. Uh, I, I think you're going to hate on me a little bit for this one. It's not that I think they're bad. I, I think, honestly, one through six, I truly do love. Uh, I just have an order to it. And seven was fine. That was the uniform with UCLA. I could take it or leave it. But I think Stanford, the Hispanic Heritage uh, uniforms that they had. Hot take. It's uh, So they have the essentially maroon tops and bottoms. That The helmet was definitely unique. Um, I didn't dislike it. Uh, I uh, again six through one are, are uniforms I love, but just not my favorite out of these so far. I did not mean to skip you like that. Sorry. So, what's what's your number five? Because I actually just did my number five. Uh, number five would be Southern Utah. I, I know you had that towards the bottom. I just I don't think there's anything wrong with the classic look uh, compared to just having like no color at all in the white, which was fine. Uh, Maroon and gold is definitely obviously. A staple here for people in the state of Arizona, and it's just, it's a great color combo. Definitely. Uh, you know what? Give me your number four, and then I'll go to my number four. So four, I had BYU, and that was the uh, the blackout uniforms. Uh, still a, a great, great look. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think you can ever go wrong with, uh, with the blackouts. It really, like, the gold just pops so well. Uh, even if they were to reverse it, I feel like the maroon would be fine, but because you have the, the black tops and bottoms, the lighter yellow, or at least the gold, uh, is, is a very clean look. You gave us a hot take with having Stanford solo. I'm going to give you a hot take right here. My number four is Colorado and that Valley Heat. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love them. Those, those yellow jerseys with the Arizona State flag on the side of the shoulder pads. It, it was an awesome, awesome look. Absolutely adore those uniforms. They're some of my favorite that we've gotten to see. It's just we've had so many great uniforms this year that they're halfway down the list for me. Yeah, they're, they're number four. I'm not happy about it. Number three 
I've got BYU in those blackout unis. The blacks are just outstanding with the yellow helmets and the yellow lettering. Clean look. Clean, clean, clean. Number three for me would be the Utah uniforms. Uh, While well, it still does have the white tops, uh, you just have so much more of the maroon and gold kind of accenting it. Uh, so to me, I, I love that, plus the helmet, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so once we're talking about the top three, we're kind of getting a little nitpicky here. Uh, I'll go ahead and then talk about my number two, though. Uh, I don't know if we you've mentioned my number one, so we might have the same number one, or I might be saying it here. But anyways, uh, Colorado came in at, at two for me. Uh, absolutely loved those uniforms. Uh, again, I feel like I'm kind of nitpicking a little bit, but just because you have Sparky on it, like you can never go wrong with the, the classic Sparky look. 100%. It just, and I'm hoping that we end up getting classic uniforms at the end of the year. We did that a couple years ago against U of A. In fact, we've done it more than once, if we're being honest. But just rocking the classic Sparky on the helmet and the classic-looking uniforms against U of A is just pristine. I love it. My number two, I'm guessing this is your number one because you already said my number one. I've got the UNLV outfits. Yep, correct. Yeah. The maroon top and the copper helmet, outstanding. It's a great look. It's so clean. And uh, I, we wasted it on UNLV. If we went and played, well, I mean, they were both road games we lost, so I take that back. But let, let's say we blow a home game at some point this year. If we were wearing those tops, we'd been by 50. And they're just... It's just science. It is science. It just it is what it is. My number one, Connor had really low. It's really high for me, obviously. It's the Stanford helmets. It's the Mexican Heritage helmets. And the whole outfit is great. Just maroon, maroon, maroon. And those helmets are so clean with the Aztec looking arrow stretching over the top of the helmet. It's it's amazing. I've said clean about a thousand times in like six minutes while we've been doing this this little segment here and I don't regret it because all of these uniforms are amazing. So so don't get me wrong, they're all great. It's just our order. Connor, you're number one, fill us in. Uh, that was uh, again UNOV kind of like you had mentioned, I, I absolutely love those helmets. You had kind of a, a white look to the pitchfork on it, uh, which was just a little different than like the you could have gone with just like the the gold lettering uh, to match like the numbers that you had and the, the names in the back of the jerseys, but uh, really like just the, the white stripe down it as well. Not a helmet I feel like we see very often, so I thought it was pretty unique. Not that the Aztec helmet wasn't. Uh, again, had that at like number six for me, I believe. Uh, so I still really like that uniform. Uh, but yeah, for me, it was against UNLV. Here's hoping that we do get those Pat Tillman jerseys this year where everyone's rocking 42. So with that being said, that's going to go ahead and conclude the Thursday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember that we're free and available on all platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Podcast, or uh, Apple Podcasts, excuse me. Just about anywhere you get your podcasts, we're going to be there Monday through Friday, giving you the best Sun Devils content on, on this side of the Mississippi and on the other side of the Mississippi because we're amazing. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. Follow Connor on Twitter at Cedrios. Follow the Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page at LO underscore Sun Devils. Like I said, make sure you subscribe for daily content from us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Now that you've made the Locked on Sun Devils your first listen, go ahead and make your second listen to Locked on Pac-12. Get all your daily Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with Pac-12 expert Cindy Robinson. 
Thank you guys so much. This has been the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, 70 to 7.